Hi everyone, welcome back to the New Managers Club podcast for episode 7. And today it's time to talk about you. That's right, you. If you're already a manager, how did you know when you were ready? If you're looking to take that next step up, what can you do now to prepare? In this episode, we've got the answers, so let's get straight into it. Now, Molly, if you cast your mind back a year or so ago, I know you weren't actively looking to become a manager. You were looking to kind of take a step up in your career and looking Mm -hmm. to take a next step. But something we've talked about on this podcast before is that becoming specifically a people manager isn't something that you were kind of actively looking for in your role. Can you tell me a bit about why that was? Why wasn't it in your career plan? Was there anything that kind of concerned you about it or maybe you didn't think you were necessarily well suited for it? I think it's more that I didn't think I was well suited to it. Right. I saw leaders around me and I just thought, ah, like, that's not me. I don't fit that profile. That's not what I'd be good at. And I, because I work in digital marketing, I thought, oh, I'll just specialise in something. That's how I'll, I'll progress. I was worried that if I went down a specialist route, so in, to me that would have looked like specialising in social media, that's quite limiting. Mm. That's quite limiting on your career. If you think about how much social media changes, like, you know, even a couple of years ago, it wouldn't have been marketing on TikTok and now yeah. we are. Like, it can so quickly change that from die off. And so I thought, it can't be that route. So I have to go the other way, which is managing people. Mm. So it's something for longevity then, mm-hmm. potentially in your career. That's interesting. And you mentioned there about this kind of profile of leaders that you were seeing around you. What was that like? What were the kind of characteristics that you maybe thought, I don't necessarily have that, or that isn't something that comes naturally to me? I saw leaders that were quite authoritative, very confident, very sure of themselves and decisive, and I just didn't feel that in myself. Like, I was really confident in my digital marketing skills. Like, I knew that I could do a lot of my job that sounds I was thinking I could do a lot of my job with my eyes that sounds <laughs> that's okay it's true like yourself back yourself <laughs> I felt really confident in my role and I like I knew I needed something more I needed to push myself I sort of spent time doing qualifications and things to really like progress my skills but then you can only do that to a point and I'd I knew it was time to move on because I'd reached the point where I was at the top of my salary bracket there was nowhere for me to go in terms of salary so I wasn't working towards anything in that sense and also the next jump up from in the company that I worked in was a management role there wasn't anything between the role that I was in and a management role and yeah like I said I could have gone somewhere else and specialized in something but it felt quite limiting at the time does being a manager now make you think differently about those managers that or leaders that you kind of saw around you? Does it make you see them in a different way? Do you think they really were as confident and authoritative as you thought they were? No. It's My God, character assassination. Come on. <laughs> no, but it's like, you know when you're younger and you're a teenager and you, you look at someone in your 20s and you're like, oh my God, they're a grown up. They've got everything together. They know what they're doing. They've got a career. They've got a job. And we don't. We don't have it figured out. And the, um, like, as I get older, I keep thinking, oh, like people in their 30s now, I look sort of look at them and I think, actually, no, do you know what? Mm. Nobody, nobody's got it together. Nobody's figured out life. They've unlocked this magical secret that we're all sort of missing. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think they actually knew everything, had it all together. They just 
came across in a very confident way so they could lead their team at the time. Obviously, worked very well because they felt very well, you know, really confident in their leadership skills and where they were taking us as teams. But no, absolutely not. They didn't have it together. They didn't know it all. And I'm sure they were doubting themselves a lot as well. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we talk, or, you know, leadership experts talk a lot about kind of empathy being a really key part of leadership. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to kind of show that vulnerability and allow people to build authentic relationships with you, not just based on this idea of being the most authoritative, um, headstrong, confident leader. And I think that's quite an interesting dynamic to navigate, but it sounds like potentially some of the leaders around you maybe could have done a bit more to show that side and make it a bit more aspirational to you, do you think? Is that something that you try and do with your team now so that they do feel like you haven't suddenly become a kind of superhuman because you're a manager? Do you try and show that vulnerability as well as the authoritative, you know, the leadership side? Yeah, I, I try, I don't, I've definitely had been led by people in the past that are very empathetic and understanding Mm. but just also had quite a strong um authoritarian sort of style but i in middle management which we're in i don't think that's necessary often Mm. in the day-to-day okay so if you had that kind of moment when you thought right this is what i need to do this is my next step i need to become a people manager did you feel like you knew that you were ready? Did you do anything to prepare yourself? How did you know, kind of within yourself, that that was something that you were capable of doing? I think at the time, I didn't really know. I was experiencing some things, and I didn't know that that meant I was ready for the next thing. Wow, So okay. tell me about that. I felt at the time, and I, this is something that I'd spoken to you about, is quite micromanaged. Mm. But that is, in on reflection, that is absolutely... Like, no reflection of the manager that I had at the time. She was absolutely brilliant. And it's not... It wasn't that. It wasn't her. It's that I had outgrown the role. And I no longer needed that level of support from a middle manager. And I felt quite trapped. And so I was like, I've got to, like, break free. I've got... I'm, like, this is too much. And... But, like, in a nice way, you know. <laughs> 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 we got on very well still. But I just felt like I... I'm, I, I think trapped is the best way mm. to put it. Like I wasn't reaching my full potential anymore and I needed more room to be able to grow. Um, I didn't quite know initially that that meant move on to a manager role. But um, yeah, that's sort of how it ended up. Mm. Interesting. So it sounds like there were some things that maybe you didn't recognise was your kind of your body or mind's way of telling you like, okay, we need a bit more here. Is there anything else on reflection that you think kind of told you that even if you weren't kind of aware of it at the time i think i was finding that i was getting through my tasks quite quickly mm. i'd it wasn't challenging for me right the stuff that i was doing like there, obviously there are bits that come up here and there that are unexpected but the sort of day to day i'd streamlined it to a point where there are bits that as always that there's always room for optimization but i felt like the level that i was playing at wasn't quite pushing me yeah. to think beyond anymore mm. um so yeah i'd say that was one and then also another thing that sort of factored in is like i'd said the salary bracket i i'm not i wouldn't say i'm particularly money motivated but who, you know who doesn't want a massive pay rise <laughs> 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 and i sort of 
I, I looked at salaries externally for management roles and looked at job descriptions of management roles and I just knew like I, I absolutely couldn't do I wasn't an expert at everything on the job descriptions but I knew that I could have a good go at it and I'd probably do all right the bit that I was sort of missing is was the people management side and then sort of looking at those salaries I was like oh it was like you know 17 thousand above what I was already on I was like that's a lot of money Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it yeah too many things just aligned the the salary and pushing myself and feeling like I was progressing and I and another thing I'd also been in my role for maybe three four years I'd sort of worked worked in coordinates marketing coordinator and marketing exec roles from 18 and at the time I was 25 when I moved into my role so it just felt like time yeah, I think the money thing is so interesting because I specifically remember us having a conversation where you said, you said to me, I, I like remember it so like visually, like I, I literally remember like where I was, what I was doing when we had the conversation and you said to me like, I'm worth 50k, like yeah. that's what I'm worth, that is what my expertise are worth and I remember it really, really struck me because you are uh, Molly just said like you're not money motivated but I think that's an understatement you are literally like the least materialistic money motivated person I think I've ever met in my life Molly actually did the no buy year that everyone like talked about doing a couple of years ago like she legitimately yeah, I did, <laughs> did <that laughs> like I just there, there's no there's no sense of oh but you're very driven and very ambitious but just not in the sense of finances like that at least that's the impression that I always got and so I remember being like my God, if someone like you, and I mean that with like the, the, the utmost respect, if someone like you can feel that that is your worth and that is what you're going to go after, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> and I am quite money, well, when I say I'm money motivated, in the sense that I want the things that money brings, like security mm-hmm. and a bit of stability and the ability to, you know, have that kind of freedom. That's what I, I like. I think what everyone wants for money, no one wants like the paper, you just want what it can give you. Yeah. Um, but I am quite like that. Um, and so I was like, oh my God. But it, I think it's quite hard to kind of look introspectively and think, actually, I'm worth a bit more or I need... And I think it's probably... I don't know if we do have any international listeners, but it's probably quite a British thing to feel like I can't mm. hype myself, I can't say what I'm worth. Or, yeah, I agree. You know, it's quite hard to kind of have that reflection, I think. And also for that not to just be compared to other people... Yeah, because it's so easy. Like I'm, so I have a couple of friends that are older that are like absolutely killing it on salaries. I would die for. Like they are so aspirational in that way. But ultimately, I am not them. One, I'm not older, which is the way that I mainly justify it to myself. Is like, oh, in a few years' time, I'll be there. But also, like we, I haven't had their same career path. I don't necessarily want the same things from my career or from my life as them. So there's no point comparing. But it is quite hard to not do that and not feel like, oh my god, everyone around me is a manager or is doing this or is a head of or whatever or consultant like that is quite difficult to know that it's based on factors that are just internal to you and not external like you said it's it's not about anyone else it's not about what your company is willing to offer you i really had to sit with myself and think what are my plans in life i knew that i wanted certain things i wanted to buy an investment property in the next five years and i had to sit down and work out work back from that okay what do i need to earn to get there Mm. and really reflect on what are my skills worth Mm. elsewhere 
And that maybe your company doesn't value you as much as that. And you have to go somewhere else where those skills are worth that value. But if if your company is only willing to pay you, you know, X amount, that doesn't mean that's what you're worth. I think that's such a nice way of framing it is what our skills are worth because I think it is quite hard to say I am worth this. Like that, mm. I don't know if I just feel very unconfident in my own abilities, but I think quite a lot of people struggle with saying like, actually, this is this is the amount that I am willing, um, this is the amount that I'm kind of willing to accept, this is what I think my value is. But to actually put that on your skills instead, I think is quite a nice way of kind of externalising it, where it's not it's not about who you are as a person, it's about physically what you can bring to a company. Oh, yeah. It's quite a nice way of separating yourself from it. Yeah, absolutely. And I went through this process of, um, it was actually in Squiggly Careers, it really made me sort of reassess, like, what are my core skills? Where do my strengths lie? And how much value can I bring to a company? And I really felt like, I, I felt like... <laughs> Sounds like such a dick saying it. I felt like I had a lot to offer. You do have a lot. This is what I mean about it's really hard to say this is what I'm worth. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to offer. I'm great at what I do. I could, You said earlier I could yeah. do this job with my eyes closed. Like, those are not negative things to say at all. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. I think as long as you're realistic with yourself, like, um, yeah. like now <laughs> in my job. I'm not Steve Jobs. It's okay. <laughs> Like now in my job, I would never say, oh, I can do it with my eyes closed because it's hard. <laughs> yeah, but also because you're in a very different place. Yeah. You had been doing a job for a certain number of years. Eight you were, years. Yeah, yeah, you were very familiar with it. Now mm. this is a brand new challenge and that's what you were looking for. Yeah. I think that's completely fair. Yeah, definitely. So what do you, you said you used Squiggly Careers, which we know is an absolutely amazing resource for anyone wanting to find out more about their own career. Was there anything else you did to kind of take that time of introspection to think right this is what I really want for my next step yeah I did a little bit of um coaching life slash career coaching with a company called women to work and it just really solidified what I value mm. and what I feel like I'm worth mm. um, the skills that I have my and it, we sort of ran through my key achievements and I was like oh like I, I do know what I'm talking about I yeah. can take this next step but I think the most important part um, is around the values and knowing where you want to be in mm. five years time because you need to be working towards that now like now I'm in this role as much as I'm taking time to appreciate oh I've made it to the management role how amazing half my brain's thinking okay if I was time like where are we now how close are we to those goals what comes and that doesn't mean at all to say that I'm not grateful for where I am now or I don't take time to appreciate that because I do all the time I take a moment to just think oh you know like there's so many moments in the day I don't know if you have this as well like it's just like oh I'm so grateful that I'm here I mean I'm not as good of a person as Molly so no I don't have that many <laughs> no it is something that I do try and do like be present and think like oh, yeah. I did this yeah I think it's, it's good to get a balance of that and Okay, but what are we aim for? Mm, that's very interesting. So do you have a... I'm asking this really from a purely selfish reason because I'm interested. Do you have a next career goal in mind? My next... In terms of, like, seniority, I think it will be a sideways move for me next. Yeah. I want to get a management, management experience at this level at another company. But I think it's important for me to experience this level of management in different environments before I progress. But I also have very, very 
clear values and I would not move to a company if I didn't align with their values and mission. Mm. And I, I think when I was younger, early in my career, I would just be like, oh, you know, it sounds like a great company, fine. But it's, yeah, we spoke about it in the, a recent podcast about how important it is to work for a company that you align with in that way. Yeah, I completely agree. That's very interesting because I think that for a lot of people, probably, and um, this is a bit of an assumption on my part, but management feels like quite a big thing to kind of work towards. And also, it's, it's I do think it's very um, much split between people that want to be managers and people that do not want to be managers. And it's interesting that you kind of like changed camps um, mm. because it was the right move for your career. Um, and hopefully you feel like it was the right one. Um, yeah, definitely. But there are people, I think, that are like, I'm not. I'm not being a manager. Like, that's not what I'm doing. That's not in my path. That's not what I um, see for myself or, you know, I actually have one person um, that I'm thinking of now that has said before, like, it's just not worth it. Like, it is not worth it to mm-hmm. become a manager. Like, the, the stress you get, the challenges you have for the... Um, I don't know if they said it was for the money, but, you know, just the, the whole overall package of being a manager um, to that person wasn't compelling. Um, but then there are obviously other people that are like, that is my, that's my goal. That's where I want to get to. Because it feels like such a kind of, it feels like getting to such an important level in your career. I think the first time you become a manager is, is really important. And it's yeah. probably something that a lot of people, even if it wasn't their most senior or most exciting role, will remember for a long time because I do think it kind of shapes your career and teaches you a lot in that time. Um, but I do think that it's almost like when you get to that goal, it's like, where now? what's next like I've got here am I just like trapped in the cycle of middle management forever do I want to progress further or do I want to take a sideways step what do I want to do with what I've learned because I do think you learn so much when you become a manager and it's almost like okay so what do I do with all of this information like there's so much it's completely different to probably most other roles that people have had in terms of the different skill sets that you develop and the various things that you do and I don't I mean this is something I'm talking about almost from a personal point of view is like okay so what where do I take this now? Mm-hmm. Do I just carry on in management for the rest of my life? Is that what I want? I think it comes down to what you want. And I think about people that I've come across in my career that are, are happy at the level they're at. And I think if you've got that, I think that's such a great thing to have. Yeah. To be content and know this is what I'm happy with. I don't don't want any more stress I don't want any you know I think that's I've actually seen that in my partner at the moment he's reached a point in his career where he knows he doesn't the additional money is not worth the additional stress and he's happy to leave it there and I think if you get to that point and acknowledge it great don't I don't feel like I feel like there's so much pressure isn't there to keep keep pushing your career Mm. being ambitious blah 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 work hard but if you're happy you've got everything that you need in terms of you know salary to take care of yourself and things like that why push yourself? Yeah. It, that sounds a bit, you know, bad. Why push yourself? It's good to push yourself, obviously. But not if it doesn't align with what you want and more your values and where yeah. you see yourself going. Not yeah. if you're just doing it for extrinsic reasons. Yeah. Like, work does not have to be your life. You can get fulfillment and progression outside in your hobbies and yeah. things like that. And if, you know, if you're just in the nine to five to sort of fund that then I I almost envy that in other people yeah I completely agree I wish that I could do that 
and I, hopefully I will get to at some point I think to an extent I feel like I have to prove a point like I can have a successful career if I want but actually I would like bugger off and be a stay at home wife or something at some point <laughs> I saw this TikTok yesterday that was like me pretending I'm like a super career girl and actually like, I want it to be like a pampered princess and like that is so but I, I don't necessarily know that's true of me and probably not of you either but it's like having that choice and knowing that you have the autonomy to say this is what I want or actually I've done a bit of it to your point to kind of prove that I can and now I'm happy with that yeah it's interesting isn't it it is um so thinking about that time when you kind of took that step up to management you're I'm sure our listeners will know this by now you're very very focused on upskilling and you talked about Mm -hmm. kind of preparing your digital marketing skills and everything like that to take this next step I cannot imagine anyone better prepared than you to take it on, just knowing kind of the, the work, like the hard work that you do to make sure that your skills are absolutely up to date. But is there anything you wish you'd kind of learned more about or anything if you had that time again of being kind of pre-manager, mm-hmm. that, that time leading up to it, that maybe you'd take time to focus on or skills that you would start to invest in that maybe would then would have maybe... I don't want to say better prepared you because I think you did an absolutely yeah. amazing job but if you had that time again is there anything you might have changed or done differently there's a list of questions that I wish I'd considered more which I will read to you okay a list of questions and that, I, that you've written no that oh. I've I've taken from different like resources that I've read since that I and I just like when I've seen them I'm like why I I wish I'd seen these and asked them to myself. Wow, I can't wait to hear these. They sound great. And <laughs> so the first one was, "Do you like being interrupted?" Which seems that seems like such a stupid question, but it's not because you're so used in sort of when you're not managing people, you're so used to having sort of managing your own time in a way and you know you can set out right and do this task the only person that's probably going to interrupt you is maybe your manager maybe it'll be some of the stakeholders popping here and there but that is nothing compared to the level of interruption and management role and this is not in a bad way i'm not moaning about it at all it just comes with the job but you sometimes it's hard to go half an hour without being interrupted and it's not just by people in your team it's peers managed at the same level with questions stakeholders across the business that come to you as sort of like the lead on that particular topic and it takes up a lot of time more than I could have ever imagined yeah did you feel that too oh my god I could like relate to that on such a spiritual level (laughs) like yeah and I think it's really tough because there's no way to get good at switching Mm-hmm. like switching between tasks I've just read um Stolen Focus by Johan Hari I know that you have too and so I've learned a lot about switching like that that phrase is in switching between one thing to another and the time that takes and the yeah. attention that you lose and the focus that you lose in that time and I think that's why I find it quite challenging is because there is no way to improve your ability to switch between tasks it is I don't know what I said tasks between tasks it's really tough to do that and there's no way to improve so that is really difficult. And this, this is almost what I meant when I, I said a couple of episodes ago, and it's like haunted me since because I feel like the worst manager ever having said it. When I said, like, I didn't realise how much I would be interacting with people. <laughs> and this is kind of, you've like articulated it perfectly there in it is being interrupted or being thrown off course or an unexpected thing coming up. Like, that is really tough. And so I think one thing that I would maybe say to anyone that's considering becoming a manager. Um, or think about taking that next step or maybe you have just become a manager 
I had such a long list of things that I was like, when I become a manager, this is what I'll change. This is what I'll do. I'll make my mark. I'll start this project off. Just just give yourself some time. Yeah. Give yourself some like breathing room because there's so much to contend with that you are not, and I'm speaking from my own experience here, but um, if I were to apply this, if I was talking back to myself, I would say there is so much that is not currently in your workload that you are going to have to contend with now in this role that you cannot foresee. Be kind to yourself. Give yourself some time and space to just absorb and adjust and like don't underestimate how much time that will take you. And it doesn't mean that you're not productive. And it doesn't mean you're not ambitious and you don't want to make a difference. It just means that it is a really significant adjustment that you're going to have to go through. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There are things I had in my head. I'll achieve this. Will you know? I'm going to automate all these reports. Blah blah blah. I don't have the time for that. No. I don't. And another thing on my list is: Do you like being in meetings? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I went from no, <laughs> no. Um, I went from having one or two meetings a week at most, and now most of my day, I'd say the majority of my days, are spent in and out of meetings. And sometimes it's like a half an hour break between a meeting, so you can't really get into a new task or finishing off, particularly in the area that I work in, in sort of looking at behaviours and um, data to figure things out and pull out insights. That I really can't get my head into that in a half an hour window. And so I think it's, like you said, productivity looks very different. And you have to be okay, firstly, sitting in meetings for hours and hours on end. And secondly, is offloading that work onto your team. You have to be okay with letting go. And I think that's a mistake that I made in the beginning, is when these tasks came up in these meetings, I was like, oh, my God, I'll just do it myself. And actually, that led to me doing things really quite slowly. And if I and I thought, oh, my, my team's working really hard as it is. I don't want to pass these things off to them. But actually, if I'd just passed it off, they would have got it done way quicker because I'm sat in meetings most of the time. Um, so, yeah, that was a real... And it probably took me about four or five months before I really realised that. And I was like, this... This isn't good for anyone. It's mm. not good for me. No one's getting what they need on time. So yeah. Um, do you like being in meetings? <laughs> and the next one is, are you patient? And I think everyone likes to think that they're patient, but it's sort of next level. I think I was well prepared for this in that I was a parent already to two, um, two boys when I became a manager. And so I'd learnt the importance of patience and patience and things take time and like understanding different people's you know where they're at and um, but yeah being patient and understanding is is a massive one literally i think i you are so patient like so molly is uh, i feel like i just showered you with praise in the session but it's all very it's all um absolutely deserved and um, you are so patient and so understanding, I think I am the least patient person in the world. And it is really tough. It's really, really tough. And to have to adjust to the various different ways of working, the different styles, the different communication styles, that takes time in terms of other people, but it also takes your time. Mm-hmm. And that is quite hard to kind of let go of and think, okay, I'm not necessarily going to achieve anything tangible in this time that I take to do some like coaching or more mentoring style one-to-ones or you know to to really dig into someone's working style or connect with them on like a deeper level that isn't just surface level right what's on your list what's work's going on and that time you can be like god what did I what did I do in that like what was the point of me spending my time Mm -hmm. doing that but actually the long-term benefits that you have to be willing to kind of hold out and wait for and they will come they absolutely will come 
but it will take time. Yeah. And you won't be able to see results straight away. And that for me was like the biggest thing of like, oh, why can't everything mm. just like fall into place and be perfect? And there's just no way. There's absolutely no way. No, it's hard, isn't it? The benefits of it them being so much more long term make them so much more rewarding like it's not surface level achievements it's not like quick wins but the satisfaction that you get from seeing those long term results play out and the long term benefits and being able to kind of see the impact over a longer period of time like that is so rewarding and I don't need to make it sound like I'm so annoyed that I can't like you know get these quick wins I, I in the short time it is frustrating but actually it's much better for you and for the kind of level of satisfaction that you feel in the role. So I feel like yeah. I should say that because I don't want to like put people off becoming managers. <laughs> no, I think you're right. And I think um, talking about satisfaction, another thing to consider is do you get genuine satisfaction from helping others and seeing other people succeed? Mm. And that, I, I think everyone's natural sort of status go to, of course, I love to see other people succeed, but um that's not always the case is it and i'm sure we, you know we've both experienced that in different ways but um your job as a manager what makes you a good manager is progressing people in your team and developing helping them develop themselves to a point where they can you know surpass you you know yeah. jump the career ladder ahead of you there you know that's your job and if you if you don't enjoy seeing that if you feel threatened by that then that can be dangerous yeah. for other people's careers. But I think this is one of the most common mistakes that I see or like the, the thing that I think enables the worst behaviour in managers is when they aren't willing to kind of let other people succeed. And that, and I think it's really important to say that that doesn't look like saying their name in a meeting or mentioning mm-hmm. to someone else that they did a good job. Or like I think a, a, what I've seen from various managers or leaders around me is a lot of... Um, that like surface level reward or success mm-hmm. or thinking like oh do you know what though I mentioned that they were really good in that one meeting with loads of other people so you know that's great that that shows that I'm really enabling them and trying to help them succeed actually that does fuck all for the person that is in that role like that is not really enabling their success and their development and it's not giving them the kind of reward and the kind of deep learning that they need. Um, and so I, that is something for me that I've seen a lot of like, oh, no, I do that because I'm, you know, I'm telling people how great they are and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I'm telling them, like, oh, you're doing such a good job. And yeah, that's great. But that needs a lot more consideration than that, like, very light touch. Yeah, reward. definitely. I think that's, I hope something that I'll get as I have more experience as a manager, I'll get better at doing, mm. helping people. Because at the moment, I can't, I'm probably not best place to help someone. I was just about to say, best place to help someone progress into a manual role, but we've obviously got this in the podcast. Let me talk about that. But I, I've obviously had limited experience in a management role. Mm. And I think, I hope that as I progress and have more experience in this, I'll get better at helping people button them up to. Like, I, I'd love nothing more than to see people in my team succeed and be managers soon. And actually, one of them is moving on to a management role. And it's, it's, like, as sad as it is to see people go, like, it's good to know that it's to progress on to something else. Yes, definitely. I agree. Mm. And another thing that I had on my list was... Can you let go of control? 
So I sort of had in mind before I got into a management role, you have more control as a manager, but actually it's quite the opposite. Although you're responsible for your team's overall productivity, you are no longer involved in the details of each task because you've got to leave that to them. You've got to have a, a confident communicate confident communication skills and delegation skills so that they can crack on with that themselves. But as much as you might want to be involved in like the, the details and the day-to-day -day bits, you can't and that and that's something that I've found quite interesting to see myself. So I used to manage all of our social media and I did all the posts, all the scheduling and moving to management role and letting that go. That was something I really enjoyed. Like the person in my team that does it now is like absolutely brilliant at their job. They're amazing. But there's sometimes where I'm like, oh, I love doing that. Yeah, that was my letting go. Yeah, that was a favourite part of my job. And like, you know, it's being done brilliantly. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I you miss, miss that. it. I yeah, miss, miss it. it. That's fine. Yeah. And like, obviously, I can hop in here and there and do a few bits. But like, I don't have the time mm -hmm. to do to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's and in some ways, it, like, it is nice to sort of see the bigger picture and get to work sort of across a lot of things. But yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh. Yeah. You have to let go of things. I think knowing that you can't be involved and your job is to sort of overall motivate people to do things, but you're not going to be in the detail of it so much anymore is something just to like prepare yourself for. I think. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think something that I... <laughs> I'm literally making myself sound like the worst manager in the world here, but I am quite a controlling person. If I had seen that list before becoming a manager, I'd have been like, no, I'm okay, thanks. Um, but I am, like, I, I like detail. I think a bit like you, Molly, like, mm -hmm. I like being involved, I like knowing mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, and it's because I care, it's not because I want to be like a massive control freak who like micromanages what everyone's doing it's literally just because I give a shit about yeah, what we're yeah. doing um so and but that was quite tough and something that I had to kind of catch myself doing quite early into the role was I was like trying to like make my mark and do little things and like give feedback that felt like I was still having a role in what someone was doing but I, I had to I literally caught myself doing it and I was like am I just giving feedback because this isn't the way that I would do it Yes. Or am I giving feedback that like genuinely adds value but doesn't detract from this work that someone else has done that is equally valuable? Am I helping or am I just trying to make myself feel better about the fact that I haven't done this for myself? Mm -hmm. And that is quite tough because you feel like, oh, I'm here to give feedback. I'm here to, you know, make my mark and put my stamp on things. No, you're not. You're there to add value you're yeah. there to help you're there to enable not to hold people back by holding them to your standards when ultimately your standards are pretty arbitrary everyone has their own standards and it's about working with people trying to like meet in the middle of those yeah i are oh, everything you've just said yeah I think, <laughs> I think that's the sort of process you go through isn't it when you become a manager and realize actually that's not what it's about mm. that's not what we're here for we don't you know necessarily have the time to do that um, but I think, yeah, it's definitely something that I also spent a lot of time thinking like, should I be doing this more? Should I be, mm. you know, but actually no, my, it's just my opinion. Yeah. So it might be the way that I did it, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best way or the right way or way we yeah. should do it. Um, but yeah. Oh, it's it's tough, one. isn't it? It is. Yeah. The next thing that I had on my list okay. was, do you see obstacles as problems or challenges? So you have to be proactive 
in solving problems and bringing your team along with you to solve those if you're just like the sort of person that gets really stumped by a problem and quite negative about it and like oh well this is how you know you management probably isn't for you at this stage that you're at you know you need to be able to proactively and confidently tackle problems everything has a solution Mm. there's you know and we've talked before about there being too many solutions too many good solutions so i think being a very um growth mindset positive thinker solutions focused person is very important and i think that sort of changes as you move through your career if you're very early on in your career you're not necessarily going to have that because you're still learning like the small things and everything mm-hmm. might might seem like a change yeah i think growth mindset versus fixed mindset is such an interesting conversation that we would definitely pick up on a future podcast because there's so much to unpick there for sure but i do think the a growth mindset is absolutely crucial mm. so important yeah definitely and i think another thing that i came across i was like oh that is interesting mm. is that if you're great at your current job it doesn't mean you're going to be a good manager but equally if you're not particularly good at your current job it doesn't mean you'll be a bad manager yeah. so that's absolute in a really weird way it's absolutely no reflection of how you'd, if you're in a more junior role, it's absolutely no reflection of how you'd be in a management role. Because if you find it hard to sort of get in the details of the tasks and things like that, and you are a more strategic thinker, like, of course, you're going to be better in a management role. I think that comes up against challenges in, in when you're trying to progress in the same company. Because yeah. if people don't see you doing really well, they're not going to progress you. But it's something to think about if you can maybe sort of move somewhere else and try a management role and if you're that sort of more strategic thinker um but that just blew my mind a little bit i was like yeah that makes so much sense so true and it is it's very interesting because it's almost like a non-linear path from your role that you're in before you become a manager to where you are as a manager because to your point so much of the day-to-day changes so much of the the tasks and your what your like day in the life looks like that actually in some ways it can be difficult sometimes to like see the resemblance between what you're doing now and what you were doing before. So that absolutely makes complete sense. But it is strange because I think you can have a lot of confidence of like, yeah, I know what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Management is just like the next step. And it is, but it's a very different step. There's just so much involved in it that's just so different to being in a more kind of junior role. It's mm-hmm. completely different. It's like apples and oranges. You just, you, there's no way you can compare. Yeah, which is weird because... If I had read that question before becoming a manager, I'd probably thought, mm, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I, like I said earlier, I thought, oh, I mean, like I'm good at my job. That let's progress into that. But yeah, it doesn't doesn't correlate. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a good manager. No, and there are ways that you can get over that. I think oh, for yeah, sure. sure. Like I think, <laughs> as I've already said, if I had seen that list before, I would have been at, well more terrified than I already was. Um, to become a manager and probably would have felt massively unprepared but there are things that you can do to help yourself I think even starting to engage with these questions if you're looking to begin your management journey or early in your management journey is a hugely beneficial step and that's not to say that you should look at that list of questions and think oh my god I need to be like a 10 out of 10 on every single one because no probably the most accomplished manager in the world is not that and there'll be areas that you can work on and continually focus and also what you'll have to do to kind of achieve each of those different areas will look very different at different stages of your career so you don't have to be absolutely proficient in 
I don't know, managing problems or, you know, there, there are different things that will impact at different stages of your career. So um, I think it can be quite easy to get overwhelmed by the scale of what changes and everything that you could potentially prepare for when you become a manager. I think, <laughs> not to undo any of the things that we've said in this episode, but it's almost something you can't prepare for mm-hmm. because it, the, the scale of the change is just so big that it's very tough. But I think as long as you take time to identify, to Molly's point, your own values and what you want and what kind of manager you are. You can go back and listen to our episode on what kind of manager, what kind of leader do you want to be to find out more about that, to do that kind of period of introspection. Because actually that's quite a big part of what you lose, I think, when you become a manager is that time to reflect and do like deep focus, get into a flow state, really reflect on yourself and what you want and kind of who you are in the middle of everything that's going on so I think actually doing that is probably the biggest thing that you can do to help yourself as well as engaging with all of those things that will help you to become a a better manager obviously don't want to discourage anyone from doing any upskilling beforehand but just don't forget to focus on you in the middle of all of that as well because I feel like that's a really important part of the dynamic too yeah definitely Something you said there actually about not getting in the flow state as a manager. I beat myself up about that for so long mm. months, and I still even do it now. I'm like, why is my productivity level? Why is my output not what it was before? It's not that at all. It's just the output looks very, very different to what it is so before. True. It's hard because it's not like you've got like, oh, look at this wonderful report that I produced, or look at these amazing campaigns that I've set up. It's sort of like oh, I've just you know been supporting here, here, and here. But that doesn't sound like you've got nothing to show for it. But yeah, you've got your team to show for it. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. That, I think, that, but that's a very big mindset shift. Mm, yeah. Very big mindset shift, and particularly if you have been proficient in what you've been doing up until now. You're like, I could do it. Like, I'll show you. <laughs> Let me try. I can still do it. I promise. Like, yeah. you can. You yeah. don't have to. Yeah. I think that's quite a big thing, and because you're continually like building up the worth and the value of your team, it can be quite easy to forget about doing that for yourself in the meantime as well. Mm-hmm, for sure my word that was a lot in there wasn't there mm, yeah lots to think about so much to think about maybe too much to think about <laughs> um no lots of really really helpful um advice in there molly thank you for sharing your journey into management and having a bit of time to reflect on how you've you know progressed and changed in the role hopefully your key takeaway is that it was the right kind of step for you yeah. to take in your career and i think as we've kind of discussed you can feel quite overwhelmed by what's ahead but there are lots of things that you can do to prepare engaging with this podcast and various other forms of learning that i'm sure if you're subscribed to this podcast you're engaging with as well is an incredible first step that a lot of people don't take like even acknowledging that there are things that you need to learn and be being open to adapting your skill set is a massive step forward and I think that the value of that can't be underestimated. There are people that don't do that. And I think we see that reflected mm-hmm. in a lot of the poor management behaviours that we see now. But just being willing to have that growth mindset or to start to grow your growth mindset um, is great. There's an absolutely fantastic first step. And in our next episode, we're going to be talking all about how to build your confidence to take on that management role and some really practical things that you can do to when you take that step up not feel like a huge imposter like we probably will do when we do something that's really challenging we're going to help you when you actually kind of take that step what do you do now to make sure that you are the most confident and capable going into that that you possibly can be so listen out for that episode coming very soon 
Now, before we finish, it is time for Molly to share her learning for this week. So I will hand over to Molly to share with us something that she learned from. Absolutely anything. My learning this week is actually a conversation that I had. And the conversation was with my mum around resilience. Because I have... I think it's, it's, you know, fine to admit and it's good to be open and honest on this, on this podcast. I found being in this management role hard. Mm. I found it's, it's pushing me, which is what you want. That's what you want from a, from a role to progress yourself. But I've sort of come up against a few different challenges where I'm like, oh, why am I finding this so difficult? And so I was talking to my mum about resilience and I was saying to her, I've always seen myself as quite a resilient person, but I'm finding this really hard and I don't feel like... I've got resilience here. And I've been feeling, feeling so bad about it, like beating myself up, up like, why is it, why, you know, why are you finding it hard, so hard? Pull yourself together, it's fine. And she was saying, you can use up your resilience. Yeah. You've not got un, an unlimited supply of resilience. If you're using up a lot of your resilience in your personal life, for example, with a particular situation, you're not going to have the resilience to bring to your workplace. Mm. And I, as soon as she said it, I was like, that makes so much sense like I feel I felt so much calmer instantly I was like oh that takes the pressure off like I I don't have to see myself as this like super weak unresilient person like no I am a resilient person but I just don't have an unlimited supply of that right it's a finite resource yeah yeah yeah. but I just that's great I'm glad you managed to get a bit of peace from that I think it's quite interesting though because what you touched on there is that a lot of what you kind of do as a manager is very much tied up in like who you are as a person. You need a lot of kind of soft skills, talk about a lot how important all the soft skills are that you need. A kind of well-rounded people profile within yourself mm-hmm. and a knowledge of your values and your strengths and you know everything that you bring to the table. So it can be quite hard to kind of extract that when it comes to like personal versus professional life yeah. because it's not necessarily like transactional anymore. You're not just doing tasks, you're really having to do some kind of deep work with people, which naturally, whenever you engage with people, it's like a mirror to yourself, right? So that is quite difficult to not just get very wrapped up in like personal, do you know what I mean? Like personal things like resilience and things that are not just specific to work and then to internalise that as a fault with yourself, when actually that is a very, very challenging thing to do. So I'm glad you're not beating yourself (laughs) over that line anymore. Yeah, it's great. It's it's, massively de-stressed. Amazing. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And I hope this episode has de-stressed some of you, maybe some people that are listening, wanting to take on that management role, starting to think about that next step, or maybe very new to um, becoming a manager for the first time. Hope we shared some resources and some questions that you can start to pose to yourself today to help you really build up that resilience that Molly spoke about um, and really think about you know what your next step looks like and how you can make sure you're best prepared for it. So what's next? We will be back in a fortnight with that episode on confidence that you can look out for coming soon. But in the meantime, follow us on social media at New Managers Club on Instagram to make sure you don't miss out. And also, please do subscribe to this podcast to make sure you're up to date with all of the latest episodes. We would so appreciate um, growing our subscriber base, continuing to grow our community and to engage with you guys, be that on social media or um, on these podcast platforms. We cannot wait to see you in our next episode, but until then, bye for now. Bye.